Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce show and today I'm here with Brian Kurtz and uh, I want to introduce him quickly. So I, I think the shortest introduction would be that he's just a direct response legend. But if I want to elaborate it more, so he worked at Boardroom between uh, 1981 and 2015, so many decades. And uh, during his career, uh, he sent out more than a billion direct mails over 20 years, sold 3 million books via direct response uh, television marketing. In uh, 2015, he launched uh, his business, Titans Marketing, and nowadays he runs a uh, successful mastermind and uh, he worked with uh, other legends such as uh, Eugene Schwartz, Perry Marshall or Dan Kennedy and his book is Over Deliver, Build a Business for a Lifetime Playing the Long Game in Direct Response Marketing and actually this is how we got connected because I read this book earlier this year and uh, I really like this book. Um, to be honest, I think there are not many books, great books on direct response marketing that is so um, concise and, and well uh, prepared and structured. So this is how we got connected. Um, hey, Brian, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad we are connected. You reached out to me saying you read Over Deliver. I, I never, you know, one, one of my rules of thumb is I never pass up a podcast. I try to respond to every email. Um, and uh, you never know where it'll lead. Our 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 journey has already had some nice twist, not twists, but just some different uh, journeys already through Hungary. Um, you know, I I uh, have a connection to a an entrepreneur who um, uh, teaches marketing and entrepreneurship in Hungary, Attila uh, Pranger Juhas, and uh, then. I had somebody in my mastermind group who went to Bible school in Hungary, came back to the U.S. He's part of my mastermind group. He's He goes back and forth to Hungary. And then uh, Chaba, uh, who is a copywriter, who I think you met, I don't know, five, six years ago. Um, and he said he got into copywriting because of you. And now you're out of copywriting. Um, and so, you know, you've made, a, you've made your mark both in Hungary and the U.S., um, and it's, it's wonderful to see, you know, the global influence of direct marketing and direct marketers. And, uh, I love being part of it. And Hungary is one of my favorite places. I spoke in, in Budapest a couple of times. Um, but this isn't a podcast about, or an interview about Hungary, but the hung Hungarian connection was so pronounced and it made it so much more interesting as we got to meet each other. Uh, both online and then um, now today doing this interview. So I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for your compliments about my book. I'm very proud of it. I think it it does give a concise history of both my history in direct marketing, but some historical perspective on the industry itself. And uh, chapter three is you know interesting because chapter three is how paying postage made me a better marketer because I grew up in the world of direct mail when there was no internet. And I've graduated to becoming not an expert on online uh, media and online marketing, but I'm a student in online marketing still today. And my, my foundation in direct mail and traditional 
uh, marketing, TV, radio, uh, all the print media has really um, kind of given me a foundation to be able to do marketing in today's world of infinite possibilities, infinite media opportunities, advertising opportunities. Whereas, you know, when I started in 1981, you know, the, the, the media opportunities were somewhat limited. They were, you know, it was finite and now it's infinite. And interestingly, um, I had a call with my mastermind yesterday with Dan Kennedy, who's one of the great marketers of all time. And we got into a discussion about, you know, foundational bedrock principles of marketing and they never go away. And, you know, Dan, Dan would be, you know, he's not an online guy, but he's almost been dismissed as an online guy. And yet he is so relevant to online marketing as I am. You know, I'm not a dinosaur uh, and neither is Dan, but we're viewed as dinosaurs because we came out of the world of direct mail. But that doesn't mean that we haven't made the transition. And the transition has even been more pronounced for us but not only because of all the changes, but because of the fundamentals that we had back in the you know 70s, 80s, and 90s. So it's been a um, it's been a wonderful uh, ride, it really has. Yeah, and actually today I want to talk about direct response uh, principles that applies both in offline and online marketing. That would be our main topic. But before we jump into it, so what is this uh, T-Rex thing in your email? Oh, yeah, I think I have a. Yeah, my, can you see my T-Rex? Let me see. Uh, Not yet. Yeah, I have my T-Rex here. Um, and so that, that came about, I mean, my, my email is T-Rex. My, my, it's kind of like a branding of sorts. And what, how it came about was that when I launched Titans Marketing, leaving after I left Boardroom, it was, um, I had a friend of mine who said, you know, your business should be sort of like, you know, basically the bridge between the past and the present. So she came up with the concept of dinosaurs and cowboys. Dinosaurs meaning like the old school direct marketers and cowboys meaning the internet cowboys and, you know, the wild, wild west of, of marketing. And so I've used the dinosaurs and cowboys on occasion, but then I just went to T-Rex as, you know, kind of like labeling myself as sort of the non-extinct dinosaur. And it's it's not something uh, that I, I stress too much in my business, but it's kind of like underneath there. And it always re reminds me to remember the past, not live in the past, but remember the past and that nothing is really extinct when it comes to marketing. Um, you know, direct response marketing, as I said before, is is principled. It's foundational. It's eternal truths of you know things like lifetime value and and um um rfm and uh, recency frequency monetary those kinds of things they are so fundamental that i i never want to forget them while learning how to market on tiktok and youtube and how to do adwords and facebook advertising and how to do launches online with video and so I, I'm, I'm a student. I'll always be a student. You know, the only time you stop learning is when you're dead, you know, in my opinion. So it's, it's always about constant education, constant learning, being a teacher and a student at the same time. I learn by teaching. So I teach a lot in my mastermind groups, 
but I learn just as much because everybody in the room, I always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I didn't, I didn't make that quote up, but it's a powerful quote. I, I traced it back to Confucius. So uh, he was a smart guy. And so if you're, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And all that means is that you still can be smart. You don't want to go in and be, oh, I'm the dumbest in the room. No, you don't want to be the dumbest in the room. But everybody can contribute to some degree in any room. But you contribute to connect to the rest of the group. And you get from the group their expertise by contributing your expertise. And that's what that's all tied up in the T-Rex thing and the dinosaur thing. I don't like to talk about it too much, but you had made a note of it when you when we had our pre-call and you saw my my T-Rex behind me. I have I have T-Rexes all over the place. I have one here. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. it's a constant reminder. It's a constant reminder of, of who I am, where I came from. And I never want to forget that. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so let's talk about the principles of direct response. So let's say if you should highlight three, the most important three principles, what would be that three? Yeah, so overall, I'll give you one overriding thing. I mean, direct mm -hmm. response, just to define it, direct response marketing as opposed to general advertising or general marketing is that everything has an ROI, a return on investment. Everything has a way to track uh, and measure the marketing that we do. And that, to me, th there's no other kind of marketing that's worth doing. Now, you still you still see a lot of general advertising out there without uh, a, a call to action, without a yeah. URL with an order form, without a QR code, without a toll-free number. But I, I just think that that's throwing good money after bad. It's like wasting your money if you can't buy media and then figure out if it works or not. Um, and so I would say there are three there are three principles that I emphasize in over deliver in my book that I think at, at, at a base level that if you're a copywriter, an agency owner, a media buyer or just a marketer, you have to understand these three concepts above all. And then there are many others, of course. But mm -hmm. those three are lifetime value. Uh, what I call the 41-39-20 rule, and uh, RFM. So let me do those quickly, and we can, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give folks uh, an offer to buy my book. It's not, I don't make money on my book, and my book is at overdeliverbook.com. You get incredible bonuses with it. So it's a priceless collection for like $27. So, um, but I go deep on all of these things in the book. Let me Let me give you the overview. So on um, um, uh, lifetime value, it's all about um, basically when you go out with your first, no direct response marketing business can, can survive without repeat business. So you and, and repeat can be another product. It could be a renewal of the first product. It can be a membership of a product. So it's got continuity or it can be a subscription, anything like that. And so the idea is that you want to always calculate not just the first sale, but the second and third and fourth sales and work that into the value of the media you're buying. So, for instance, if I buy a in direct mail, if I bought a list and I got response, well, that's, I'll make it more current. You, you run a Facebook ad. You pay some amount for the Facebook ad. You get some orders out of that ad. You don't have to make all your money back right away, but you have to calculate Once you have a name of a person who bought from you and they buy 
subsequent products or services from you, how you can calculate on that person how much they bought from that original ad. So the idea is it's lifetime could be a year, it could be two years, it could be 20 years. But the idea is that it's got to be a reasonable amount of time where you want to make your money back. And so the idea of of a lifetime value instead of one shot businesses and you know one off businesses where you just sell something, you get some money and you see if you make your money back, it's it's not that simple. You know, you really need to invest in your media and invest in the long term. And that's basically being able to calculate in some way every new buyer what they're worth to you over time. And in in over deliver, I talk about the concept of the bogey which I learned from Dick Benson, who was the smartest guy who ever lived uh, in the in the science and art of direct mail. And what he taught me was, you know, that you have to get a calculation. It, this was for subscriptions. That was our business. That how much you could lose on the first subscription to make it back in some reasonable amount of time. And that reasonable amount of time is in the eye of the marketer. Could be we we had a yeah. six month bogey or we had a year bogey, or we had a two-year bogey later on. Once you accumulate cash in the bank, you can invest more to, to wait for the break-even point, and that's the way you build a business. You know, you don't build a business by just going out with a, a, an offer, money comes in, without any subsequent orders or renewals or memberships or whatever. So that that is, you know, lifetime value is just a, such a core principle that everybody should know if they're going to be in direct response marketing. And frankly, there's no other more, as I said at the beginning of this, that there's no other marketing that's worth being in than direct response. The second... Sorry, Brian. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, can we say that how much time everyone can wait? It depends on the, how deep their uh, wallet is or... Yeah, it, 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 it varies based on a bunch of things. It varies based on what your cash flow tolerance is. So if you can't, you, know, you don't want to throw good money after bad and you don't want to just spend money when you don't have it. So you have to figure out, you know, um, at, so as I said, at the beginning of Boardroom, we had a subscription and we waited six months to get the money back. So we got a subscription, subscription came in, the renewal was a year later. So we didn't even get the renewal income, but we had books that we sold them and that would add to the lifetime value. <clears throat> and we wanted to make the money back on that subscription within six months. Once we accumulated a lot of cash in the bank, we could go out a year. And then we actually went out two years. So it's all a matter of running your business smart in, in a smart way. And it's all based on the numbers. The numbers will dictate how you how much you can afford to lose. But always think about how much, don't think about how much you're going to make. Think about how much you can afford to lose in some period of time that's acceptable given your cash flow. Uh, requirements and also, um, you know, what your long-term goals are for the overall business. That's why the subtitle of Over Deliver is build a business for the long term, playing the playing, you know, playing the long game in direct response marketing. That's the long game in direct response marketing and lifetime value, and that's a core principle. The yeah. second core principle is based on something that I read early on in my career, and it was called the 40-40-20 rule. And the 40-40-20 rule states that in a direct response business, maybe in any business, but in a direct response business in marketing, that the success of any campaign, direct mail, TV, whatever, 
the, the success of the campaign depends 40% on the list or the media that you go out to, 40% on the offer that you make, and 20% on the creative or the messaging, the copy. And so I converted that in over-deliver to the 41-39-20 rule, and the 41 was the list. And the list is, it's not just a list, you know, lists are people too. So it's not just names and addresses on paper. They're people, it's the, it's the, they, they, who make up the audience that you want to go after, which is determined through the marketplace. You know, you don't invent your audience. Your audience comes to you. Gene Schwartz, one of the great copywriters of all time says, you know, the copywriter doesn't create desire in the marketplace. The desire is already there in the marketplace. And it's the copywriters and the marketer's job to kind of bring that all together with with a with an offer and 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 words and messages that 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 you know correspond to that you know that audience. So um, so it's really uh, critical for all of that to be um, you know uh, uh, tied up in the list. So the list is the forty one percent and. Then the the 39% is the offer. You have to make an irresistible offer to that audience. Now, a lot of people think the offer is the most important, but I say the list is the most important because if you can have the best offer that you can make and it's going to the wrong audience, you're not going to really make much money. Um, But if you have not a mediocre offer, but an offer that's acceptable, but it's an audience that's hungry, that really wants what you have that's going to be a no-brainer and that's going to always work. So that's why the list is more important than the offer. Now the creative at 20% sounds like it's half as important as the offer and and the list. It's not. Um I say that the 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 creative and the copy, the 20% is the least important until it's not. And what I mean by that is that once you have your list dialed in and your offer dialed in, the creative is actually the most important. But if you start with creative and messaging and design and all of that without the right audience and the right offer, again, you'll make zero money. But the reverse is true. The reverse of being able to come up with creative that is um, pow- that that is powerful to a particular list and offer, now you got all three legs of that stool working together. So the idea of and, and and the biggest lifts in my career in terms of response rates, in terms of of being able to create the the most blockbuster campaigns was always in the creative, like new creative by a new copywriter and a new approach. But I already had the list and the offer dialed in for the most part, or I had a new offer from the copywriter that made it even better. But whatever it was, it was always a creative that got me the biggest breakthroughs. But I didn't start with the creative. I started with the list and the offer. So that that's a another basic direct response principle. That if you understand that, you can understand the order of things. You can understand how where everything fits in that three legged stool. And the third concept um, is RFM, which is not necessarily a rule of thumb in direct response marketing, but it's how it's how people behave in the marketplace. So. RFM stands for recency, frequency, and monetary value. So someone, and, and what that says is that someone who responds more recent recently to your offer is worth more than someone who responds less recently. Someone who responds more frequently to your offers is worth more than someone who responds less frequently. 
And someone who spends more money with you is usually worth more to you than someone who spends less money. Those three things working together make for how you create your list segmentation, how you create your VIP customers, how you create the people you want to promote to different ways. Because people who are, who, someone who is a recent buyer in the last month, who also bought from you the last six months, that makes them a multi-buyer, that person should be treated much differently than someone who's a new buyer or someone who's, who's a, a one-time buyer. So they all should be treated differently with different messaging and copy. Um, and then, so recency and frequency are just, they, they're joined at the hip. And then you add how much they spend with you in total. That not always is a determination. Like, you know, at Boardroom, we used to sell $39 products only. So the fact that someone bought three products, so they bought three products, they spent $120 with us. That's not a high ticket, really. But it's that they spent, they, they, they bought three products. Whereas in other businesses, if someone buys um, um, uh, a water purifier from you for $600, that purchase of that price means more. And so price and money and monetary takes on more meaning. But sometimes it's the interest area that's more important than the money they spend. You know, if someone if someone subscribes to a, an architectural mag a, a magazine for architects, that what they spent on the magazine is probably less important than the fact that they're architects who are subscribing to an architects magazine. If you want to market to architects, so what they spent on the magazine was less important. So monetary has some some other aspects to it that doesn't make it a universal. But again, RFM, recency, frequency, monetary working together is really the, that's the the holy trilogy of, of direct response marketing. So, you know, lifetime value, 41, 39, 20 rule, and, and um, RFM. If, if you have those three things top of mind when you're marketing, when you're writing copy, when you're, um, buying media, if you can keep those things top of mind all the time with numbers to back it up, you'll be so much further ahead than any other marketer uh, in the world. And so I always, I always identify those three things as critical. There are a lot more, you know, you know, incorporating video and copy and there's so many things that go into direct response marketing, but those three are a quick uh, crash course um, in direct response marketing from my perspective. Yeah, thanks for sharing these. And uh, I think these three are really important indeed. Uh, just a side note to RFM. I know many email marketers or list managers, they just focus on monetary value. I know, for example, in Clavio, many marketers, how they segment an email is they just check who spent over 500 bucks. And if they did, they are a VIP customer. But there is a huge difference if they purchased 10 times in the past three years, high frequency versus someone who bought two years ago only one time. So exactly. that's that's one example that we had with one of my clients, how RFM can help you because that's a huge difference. The second person, uh, she didn't spend anything for two years. Maybe she didn't open any emails. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think though that, you know, don't, Every all, all data is important. So the person that bought one product for $500 two years ago may not be a current VIP, but there's someone you want to keep marketing to. There's someone that you want to find the sweet spot for that second or third product. 
to them. But you're absolutely right. If if they if you can combine recency, frequency, and monetary, that's your that's the top of the pyramid. Everything else comes down. But yeah. someone who spends money and big money is still a worthwhile. Like you can downsell too. Like like in my mastermind. So I have a twenty thousand dollar mastermind. So someone comes in at the twenty thousand dollar mastermind and then they leave. Um, I can sell them my two thousand dollar mastermind and they can stay in my world at, at yeah. a lower price. But they're still a, a VIP and a valuable customer. So there's so many ways to swing that. But all I can tell you is that when we were doing direct mail in the millions and millions of names when I was at Boardroom in the 80s and 90s, we used to do what we call regression modeling on our house list. So we had house customers. We had 2 million names or so. And what we did was we we actually segmented those names through a statistician on the computer. It wasn't done by hand, but it was always RFM, the, the highest RFM scores were always at the top of the pyramid. They were the names that got mailed the most. They were the names that responded the most. And so this is this isn't like just instinct. This isn't like just from your gut. The numbers tell you what to do and where to go. And you know, going back to email marketing, you know, direct mail was so expensive with postage and printing. Email is so is so much less expensive, and it 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 basically. Um, and you say a VIP customer, you know, I know so many people that have an email list and they mail everything that they have to the whole list all the time. And the idea of segmenting the list by by multi-buyers, by high ticket buyers, by high ticket multi-buyers, every one of them would have different messaging and it's inexpensive to segment and it's inexpensive to send multiple emails to the same audience. And so, you know, the idea of one size fits all email is really such a huge error in in that a lot of marketers make. They still make money, you know, they still do okay, but they could do so much better with with good list segmentation. Yeah, I can see so many accounts doing that and that's a that's that's a red flag for email yes. marketing definitely. Yes. Um, and also data and knowing your audience better. Nowadays there are so smart tools one of my favorites, these are uh, quiz tools that you can yeah. install on your website or pop-ups and you can ask questions after they subscribe or before they subscribe. And They'll tell I you what they want. They'll, you know, your customers are the best ones to tell you what they want. Why should you guess? Surveying is, you know, quiz funnels are, are very popular. Today. Ryan Levesque has just gone through the roof with that. But, um, you know, it's basic list segmentation. We used to do, we used to survey our list through direct mail and it's the same principle. Uh, it's a lot yeah, cheaper to yeah. do online. It's a lot cheaper to do through quizzes and pop-ups. Same principle, though. Same principle. We just talked about it with one of my team members today that actually you should be, as a marketer, it should be one of your purposes to enrich data for your list. And then you can come up with broader offers and, and so on. Uh, I think in my company, we will roll out with a guarantee offer. And we can only do it because we track results for more than 100 clients before. And we know a lot of things about them. Without that, I wouldn't be that confident to offer a guarantee. Right, right. So, yeah. You don't have to guess. You don't have to guess. Your customers will tell you. I have only one more question to you. I mean, I have a lot, but I know we have limited time. So um, customer service and fulfillment. 
why are these uh, so why they are marketing functions i think you mentioned that in your book yeah i have a whole chapter on it in over deliver because they are marketing functions you know the idea that you know you can you can set it at forget it meaning that you can sell a product and then just forget about it is crazy and i used to i, I tell the story in over deliver about how i used to basically sit at the in the office at night before automated attendance and before, you know, um, you know, eight o'clock at night, the phone would ring until someone picked it up and I was the only one in the office. And if I'm picking up the phone at eight o'clock at night, it's always going to be a customer complaint. And listening to customer complaints is a marketing function. It's not just getting the complaint and trying to satisfy the customer it's to over deliver to that customer to over and to listen carefully about the complaint to work that into your marketing later on. Um, you can do that through, you know, a, a, any CEO, no matter how big your company is, should listen in on customer service calls to get a sense of what's happening on the ground with your customers, what they're experiencing, good news and bad news. And so they can, you can, you can, you know, beef up the good stuff and, and, and get rid of the bad stuff. Um, I also talk about um, the idea of hiring secret shoppers in your business. So you you hire somebody who basically goes in and you pay them to just go in, buy everything, break everything, complain all over the place, go, go bad debt, everything, and just see how the customer, without knowing that this person is a secret customer that you're paying as the CEO, and see how your customer service reacts to them and how they make them whole and how they make them basically you 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 will find out thing you'll find where the where the holes are in the business and you can plug them up and make them better um it's 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 fascinating so there was one guy that i, I know had this was a, a little example but it, it it was it was big for him he was selling uh, from the stage he was selling a $15,000 um, uh, investment course course mm -hmm. at a live event. And what happened was that he'd sold the live event like on the weekend and $15,000, he got the credit card at the event and they didn't have a follow-up with the person who bought it until the following Wednesday. Now they realized that was a big hole in their business because that gave them, you know, if they, if they left the, the event on Sunday that gives you gives them three days to have buyer's remorse or they went home to their wife or husband and said, I just spent fifteen thousand dollars. And the wife or the husband says, no, you didn't. You're getting a refund. So, you know, just that little tweak and and changing it to Sunday night, they got the phone call like a coaching call. Thank you for buying just that little that little tweak retained many more buyers of the fifteen thousand dollar course than ever because just that touch point that they missed out on they might not have noticed it because it's right in front of you. you sometimes you don't see the things right in front of you so you need to and so but that's marketing right it's customer service yes yeah. but it's really the fulfillment and the customer service of the course that they just bought and yet you know it's the marketing is that you're going to get to keep the fifteen thousand dollars that's marketing that's that's the sale so, um, and I have other examples in, in that chapter, but customer service and fulfillment 
are, are always should be looked at as marketing functions. They're part of the selling process. It's part of the follow through. It's part of lifetime value and lifetime customers. You know, when I was on the phone at eight o'clock at night and I got that call and the person was irate about not getting their book or not getting their subscription, I just made them, I just did everything I could. If I had to spend a hundred dollars to give them another book and another subscription and another whatever, just to make them happy, I did that as an exercise to see if it could be done. So therefore I knew that every customer was probably savable. You could save every any customer unless they were just unhappy with the product or you know they just didn't have the money, but you can save almost anybody and by the exercise of going through it as, you know, I was I was I was the head of the marketing department. I'm sitting there making them whole, but by the way I did it, I realized that piling on benefits and and extra you know over delivering to them was a way to save them now work that into your marketing how can i over deliver on the front end in my marketing with certain bonuses and extras that can keep them around for the first subscription of the first order and continue buying in the future so it's all based on lifetime value um, which was the original concept of direct response marketing that i listed first of the three that I talked about earlier. So it's all based on that. It's all based on, and so, you know, it's a no brainer to spend time. And the beauty of customer and the thing about customer service and fulfillment, the people on the front lines, you know, telephone operators, because not every CEO is answering the phone at night on customer service. So you have banks of phones of people, customer service reps picking up the phones. They are, they are, they, they are unheralded heroes in your business. And the only time you hear about them is when there's a problem. So you need to understand that they need to be compensated better than they probably are right now. You need to give them a lot of accolades when they save a a customer. So you need to have them keep track of saving customers and not just fulfilling on, on the service. And, you know, you can't just take them for granted and they usually are taken for granted in the business. They're not selling, they're not marketing, they're not getting a royalty on sales, they're not a copywriter, they're not a hired gun. They're just servicing your business. But because they're part of the marketing function, they should be paid accordingly. So always keep looking at the compensation for those people in your organization because they're they're the unsung heroes behind the scenes. And it's again, it's a marketing function. Yeah, do you know the book uh, Delivering Happiness, Zappos? Yeah, Zappos, yeah, uh, Tony Shea, who, who died tragically. Yeah, and uh, I think that book is the prime example for exactly. this company structure. Exactly, that, I read that book when before I wrote Over Deliver, but while understanding customer service and fulfillment as marketing functions and delivering happiness, I have I keep copies on my shelf to give away to people. It's It's... It's, it's one of the best books on that topic, absolutely. When they uh, hire a new person, they put that person uh, into the customer support. Exactly. Team, I think for two weeks or one month, something like that, even if it's a manager or whatever. Exactly. You have to through that. Yeah. That's the same principle as the CEO listening in on customer service calls. To start somebody at, the, at that level, you're talking on the ground to your customers. So then your customers aren't numbers. They're not they're exactly. not names yeah. on a piece of paper. They're human beings. Yeah, and uh, as a side note, I think all copywriters must uh, read reviews and uh, 
customer support conversations as well. Yeah, my copywriters always were given yeah. a, a start kit when they started a project with all kinds of customer service information. They were invited to sit, copywriters were invited to sit on customer service calls as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you, Brian, for uh, sharing the principles of uh, direct response copywriting. And I wish you uh, even more success with this in the future. Thank you. And uh, also, thanks everyone who listened to the live stream today or the podcast uh, in the next few months and maybe even years. And uh, if you like this episode, make sure you uh, hit the like button on social or uh, give us a review. Also, every week we come out with a new episode with uh, different uh, experienced marketers and e-commerce business owners. Thanks again, Brian. And uh, I think uh, I usually ask the guests where they can find you, but I think they just need to use Google with your name. Well, and I think I think that well, the best way is just to go to briankurtz.net, um, and they there's a lot of free content there. Um, they can sign up for my weekly blog, which is I think really good. It's content, and I don't do affiliates, and I don't sell a lot in there except educational material. And if they want to buy my book and get the bonuses. Overdeliverbook.com is the place to go, and the bonuses are outrageous. I mean, it's it's a who's who of marketers with some of their best content, and it's all free for just buying my book. So that's the best way to get into my world, overdeliverbook.com. And a lot of the things we talked about on this interview are, I go deep on all of those things in the book, and it's how we met. So I figured, you know, I should plug it. And again, I don't make money on the book. I, I, you know, I, I got an advance to write the book, and I haven't used up that advance yet on the sales. So it's not a money maker for me. It's just being able to spread the, 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 the wisdom of direct response marketing to many more people. And so I encourage you to go to overdeliverbook.com and and grab the book and grab all of those bonuses. They're amazing. Yeah, thank you again, and uh, we will put these links into the description as well, so everyone can find these. Thanks, thank everyone. You,